G'day humans, welcome to another edition of Wrestling Old Style with myself, Chris Butterhog and Alex Freddie Williams. Alex, how you doing, mate? I'm doing wonderfully, mate. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, really good, really good. Wow, another big week in wrestling. Oh, oh man, this week. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> yeah, but I suppose before we talk about too much, how's your... Oswalker Challenge. Yeah, the Oxfam Trail Walker Challenge is still rolling on. As I've said before, I passed the 100 kilometres in November mark at seven days into the month. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stop. I'm now currently 241.24 kilometres out of... Uh, 241 kilometers in 24 days. So, so wow. I'm doing, doing at least 10 a day. So, That's impressive. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, call me Indy because that was pretty impressive. Uh, I- I- impressive. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's shocked me how, how well I've been going with this, although... There's been a couple of days there where it's just like, oh, I should pack it in. And then yesterday, bloody Eliza, he goes, you know, you're doing well with your walks, but you should come to do a workout with me as well. So I just got back from a, I think it was like an eight and a half, nine kilometer walk yesterday. And she makes me go do a heap of leg workouts. And today I'm basically useless. My legs are just completely gone. I did a I did a lengthy walk today and it was just one of the slowest walks I've ever done because my legs are just completely jelly now. So if any good humans out there are, uh, feel like contributing to this, um, donate to my Oxfam Trail Walker page. There's a link on my bio on Instagram. And you can find it on my Twitter as well. So, yeah, thanks for the plug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any sort of wrestling news outside of what happened on the TV and pay-per-views? Because I didn't notice much myself. I thought you might have noticed a bit more if there was anything major. Uh, not really. Um, I haven't really noticed too much either. Um I can say I, I've watched a fair bit of the Undertaker 30 Days of the Dead Man stuff this weekend. Like, there's a documentary about Paul Bearer, which I've watched. Please check that out. It's so good. And then there's a sit-down sort of documentary thing with Kane and the Undertaker, and they sit down and talk about their careers together, which is also really good. And then I watched the Broken Skull sessions with The Undertaker and Stone Cold, which was phenomenal. There's a story about Teddy Long being forced to go to wrestler's court because he uh, was selling Viagra to the boys. It's worth checking out. Well, I suppose he is a bit of a player. Exactly. And um, they brought in a key witness, Mae Young, for this wrestler's court thing. <laughs> And, she, and like, I don't know, like Undertaker says, I have no idea why we brought her in. I guess we thought it'd be funny to have her talk about this stuff. 
And she came in and she's like, oh, you young boys, why do you need to take your Niagara? Like she'd never called it Viagra. She thought it was called Niagara, as in the waterfall in Canada. It's like, y'all too young to try that Niagara. Uh, very good stuff. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. So some of the Undertaker docos on the network at the moment are just sublime. Really worth checking out. Fair enough. Ah, uh, from there. Oh, I suppose I should mention, yeah, if you haven't already, um, on the post-wrestling Patreon feed is the review I joined John and Wade for. I think their bottom Patreon tier is $6 a month for grants you access to all the old audio documentaries. Yeah, and scroll through to the archives and find a rewind away uh, about Global Warning Tour to find yours truly as well. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, uh, I think most people did. Um, <laughs> anywho, um, whilst you're doing some plugs, I think we should probably plug our Facebook page to see if we can get some some messages in for the Christmas special. Oh, yes, indeed. Um, so jump on there. It's a pinned post on the Facebook. Uh, leave any feedback you want. We are recording in about a month. Yeah, um, any feedback or voice messages into the inbox would be fantastic. Um, yeah, quite frankly, it'd be nice to not have to just listen to our two voices. It'd be great to hear some of you humans. Yeah, e- even if you guys, you know, dr- drop us a message on Twitter or Instagram at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS, that'd be fantastic as well. Yes, indeed. Uh, so from there, we move on to the wrap itself. Uh, starting Wednesday, November the 18th for Impact Wrestling's Impact. First match, a no-DQ match. Moose defeats Willie Mack. Then a singles match where Gino defeated Suicide by DQ. Brian Myers defeated Crazy Steve. Then in the first round of the Impact Women's Knockout Tag Team Championship Tournament, Havoc and Nevaeh defeated Alicia Edwards and Tennille Dashwood. Co-main event saw Hernandez defeat Falabar. And in the main event, a tag team match where Rich Swan and Trey Miguel defeated the Rascals, Dez and Wentz. Uh, your quick thoughts, Alex? Yeah, bye-bye, Rascals. <laughs> uh, gonna miss those guys. Really? Oh, I'm going to miss the treehouse. I thought it was fun. There's a great one online on their YouTube with the rascals with RVD in the treehouse. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> I thought this was Wrestling God style, not uh, Keeping It 100 with Conan. <laughs> Yes, for anyone wondering, that's just a water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're too innocent for that stuff. At least these days, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, Tennille continuing losing with different partners. I don't know where this is going. Ah, she's going to go in the knockout single division. They're just setting up a heap of feuds for her, I reckon. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I like the direction with Tanil, actually. There's a lot of possibilities there just because she's not a team player. She's very selfish. That's her whole gimmick. And, yeah, it really wouldn't make sense for her to cohese well with a random tag team partner. Fair enough. Uh, anything else this week or just uh, your rating? Um, Impact has become the biggest chore for me each week to watch. At one point, I was really excited about Impact, but now it's just like, there's, it just doesn't feel like there's much creativity going on. It feels really paint-by-numbers for me. Yeah, it does a little. It didn't help that they had a surprise pay-per-view two weeks after their biggest pay-per-view. Yeah, they did a payback. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. That was, yeah. oh, that was a week later. Like, what the actual... You yeah, had did a I, go home show. Did I ever tell you that one of the secret twists I added to our twist thing for Fruity's Ultimate Game Show is payback? Oh, where, no. where in one month we have to do our pay-per-view and then add an extra TV show and an extra pay-per-view. <laughs> what on the fly? <laughs> Yeah, uh, not on the fly. You've got a month to come up with it. But the thing is, you're not allowed to mention the second pay-per-view before the first pay-per-view's over. Oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah. well, there, so hopefully a... we don't pull that one out. No. Um, yeah, I thought it was all right this week. Um, bump sideways. Mostly the highlight was the uh, Rascals' farewell match. Yeah, I I also enjoy the chemistry with Moose and Willie Mack, but I don't know. Um, I'm pretty close to my wit's end with Impact. Thumbs down. Um, do you know who's playing Suicide at the moment? No idea. It could, it could be anyone, really. I was thinking it might be someone who played him a number of years ago and he's back there. Oh, TJP, of course. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, it has to be. Maybe. Didn't they have um, Trey dress up as in one week to face Moose? Yeah, yeah, they did, yeah. Or he was dressed up backstage, and the next yeah. week he faced Moose. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really dumb angle, actually. Because he didn't come out of suicide? <laughs> No, it was just like Moose says, because it's like an invitation only created by Moose. So he's like, all right, Suicide, you're backstage, I'll face you. And then Suicide doesn't come out. It's just, Trey's just completely dropped it. It was just dumb. It was really dumb. Anyway, that's Impact. (laughs) They're dumb. Speaking of dumb, we go through to Thursday, November 19th, 2020, for World Wrestling Entertainment. NXT in the US. Starts off with the NXT North American Championship match. Leon Ruff, the champion, defeats Johnny Gargano via DQ. A blindfold match a blindfold match where Cameron Grimes defeats uh, sorry. A blindfold match where Cameron Grimes versus Dexter Loomis to a no contest. A tag team match where Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell defeat Casey Canzaro and Caden Carter. Kushida defeats Atua Rojas. The team of Ember Moon and Tony Storm defeat um, 
the heartbreak kick Dakota Kai and big lady cool Raquel Gonzalez. <laughs> a singles match where Timothy Thatcher defeated August Gray. And in the main event for the NXT Women's Championship, Io Shirai, the champion, defeated Rhea Ripley to retain. Alex, would you care to defend this blindfold match? Nah, dumb. <laughs> dumb. Not not defending the gimmicks this week. Um, at I least thought it was... It was good booking. It was... No, I never said it was good to just throw out gimmicks for no reason. It was just good with Halloween Havoc because you can't do Halloween Havoc without throwing in some kooky gimmicks. This week's NXT was oh, so rough. Yes, and also, Leon I, rough. Yeah, it was... I <laughs> oh, should have known. I shouldn't have seen that coming. Um, yeah, it was... Yeah, there have been some okay blindfold matches in the past, right? Like, you go back to WrestleMania 7, Jake Roberts and uh, Rick the Model Martel had a pretty fun blindfold match. Wasn't there a good uh, one on Nitro at one point in the mid-90s? Probably, I'm not too sure. But there was a really good one one year with D'Lo Brown and Triple H, which is so random, but they had a really good one. The common denominator in the good blindfold matches of the past is that the baby face is blindfolded and the crowd is real hot and the baby face points his finger out and slowly moves his finger around and the crowd boos, boos, and then cheers when the finger is pointing towards the opponent. Yeah, so it's like crowd... a, um, a metal detector and it's going... Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that crowd participation really helps a blindfold match be fantastic. So doing it in this setting is just kind of... Why? Why? It's just, you're doing an okay gimmick, but taking out the best element from this gimmick. Yeah, it didn't work with a digital audience, did it? No. No, so a big, a big woof to that idea. And what about, yeah, go on. What about another idea where they've paired this biker girl, Ember Moon, with someone who has very Harley Davidson inspired indie gear in Tony Storm? (sighs) I, I don't know, like, I don't know if I if I think Ember Moon's good anymore. Yeah, that's fair enough, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this has been so underwhelming since she's come back. And it just feels like a downgrade for Tony to team up with her. Considering Ember lost the other week to... Was it Dakota without Raquel's yeah. interference? Yeah. Also, it feels kind of... Silly to have Dakota and Raquel lose so pretty much clean to Ember and Tony. Like... When they have been teaming so regularly against a new team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, I, I don't know how I feel about that. 
Uh, we can say hooray that our girl Indy Hartwell's getting a bit of a push. Yes, finally. Uh, yeah, it, it's good. Like, I know you're not a fan of the Garganos, but this is like a prominent featured spot. So you just give Indy Hartwell some TV time. I'm positive she's going to knock it out of the park. Plus, eventually down the line, she'll have a break-off feud with Candice. Yeah, and I'm positive those two would have a fantastic match. Um, oh, the main event, what did you think of it? I thought it was really good. Yeah, I'd agree. It's just, I don't know, I'm just don't take Rhea as a serious title contender, given how she's been treated the majority of the year. Yeah, well, this was an obvious farewell, right? Like they, Rhea? Yeah. Because, like, they did the whole, like, respect thing and the hug and then, like, labor and stuff. Like, yeah, it's it felt like a blatant farewell. Maybe. So, so I'm expecting Ray to have a month or so off and show up at the Rumble. Well, I suppose we can take talk about something later that I thought was a blatant farewell, but we'll get there. <laughs> I don't. I think this was the only blatant farewell all week. <laughs> um, oh, a certain general manager happened to say your two favourite words in all of wrestling. It's war games, daddy. It's war games if you will. We're gonna go to war, baby. Um, excited for the match. Excited, undisputed in it again. Not excited for the opponents. Ah. Uh. See, this is where we disagree, because I actually enjoy the opponents. I I enjoy three of the opponents. (laughs) I I think Pat McAfee, like, proved against Adam Cole that he is going to be able to do some good stuff in a very spot-fest-filled match. Um, he He doesn't need to take the burden of this match by himself either, so he can pretty much be the last entrant to come out for his team, so he can just chill out, let the other three guys do a lot of the work as well. So I think he'll be very well protected in this match, and I think this will be an absolute banger. Can I just say, I don't think it'll be the worst war games under the WWE umbrella. Um, I don't think they've had many bad ones, to be honest. Um, last year's women's one was booked rather confusingly. Was that the Dakota heel turn? Yeah, that part was great. The part where Rhea and Bel... I think it was Belair. Might have been Belair. Anyway, Rhea and her partner have been in there the majority of the match, number one and two for their team. And then they're down four to two and they somehow win. Yeah. Oh, well, got to overcome the odds, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I gave this thumbs down this week. Uh, you forgot to talk about the other War Games match that got announced. Oh, go Did on then. that? Yeah, I have in my notes. Go on. Yeah, I can't even remember who it's against. It's uh, Tank Girl, Shotzi Blackheart, as you like to say, against um, 
Who's she going up against? Is it? Hang on, it's loading. It's Candice LeRae, isn't it? Team Shotzi, Shotzi Blackheart, TBA, TBA, TBA. Team Candice, Candice LeRae, TBA, TBA, TBA. Oh, so, so far, it's only the captains that are announced. Shotzi versus Candice. Yeah, I wasn't too sure who the other captain was. I completely forgot. I completely forgot Shotzi's in a feud with Candice. Who because... Shotzi team with the other week? Okay, doesn't matter. <laughs> Don't know, don't care. Uh, although Shotzi's been really good lately, in my opinion, compared to how she was anyway. Um, yeah, so that'll be interesting too. I wasn't expecting two War Games matches. Yeah, neither was I. I wasn't even I, expecting one, to be honest. Yeah, I sort of... Was it last week that I said it's that I thought a War Games would be coming? Yeah, last week was sort of when it clicked for me, that's where they're going. But up until last week, I didn't think they were doing one. Yeah, yeah. I thought um, they might have split them off into separate matches. It'll be interesting to see where that takeover takes place because can they fit that structure in the CWC? The Cruiserweight Classic. Oh, the other CWC. Yes. yes. Uh, um, yeah, they probably could. Yeah, because, like, I don't know if... Yeah, I think it would be a tight squeeze, like, with the roof and stuff. Like, it's not a high ceiling there. So, which is exactly the explanation of current NXT television anyway. Not a very high ceiling. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh Cut to the chase. Thumbs down. <laughs> NXT. Yeah. I don't know. Be interesting to see what happens. Speaking... Uh, I'm keen for the, I'm keen for the War Games matches. They're always interesting or fun to watch. I suppose this is part of a segue. But speaking of War Games, has anything really been announced on Blood and Guts since then? No, I, I honestly think they just can't do it. Because of, like, space restrictions and all that sort of stuff. I can't see how they could possibly do a War Games-like layout in Daly's place. They could put the two rings side by side against the stage rather than um, top and tail with the ramp instead move one uh, ring I just, to the side. I just don't think that would look very good on television and... And production-wise, it could cause some issues, like having the ring so close to the stage all night. But yeah. who knows? I, I I don't think they'll do it until they can have people back, like a proper arena and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so Blind Guts was announced on the 8th of March, mm. and then everything went to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, if... um. The pandemic had waited like two weeks. We would have got it. It would have been fine. But nope. Um, yeah, the, that's disappointing. But who could, who would you even do blood and guts with now? In a circle versus. You can't do the elite because they don't exist anymore. 
Um, what like, what babyface faction is there to go up against him? Um, how about well, they, did they always do factions in the old um, NWA WCW? Uh, not really. Like most of the time, but not really. Okay, let's put best friends and Darby. Uh, not Darby. Best friends and Orange in there. Darby, that makes four. Yep, and four's fine. One more. War games can be four and or Cody, five. I guess. Yeah. Cody, well, Darby, Orange, best friends against the five core members of Inner Circle. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. You could do like the nightmare f- family or whatever, but who cares, right? Like <laughs> Can we do Luther and Serpentico? Serpentico would be alright. <laughs> Luther? Oh, he's a Japanese deathmatch legend, apparently, so he should have some fun in some blood and guts. <laughs> uh Abaddon. I want Abaddon in a war games match. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> speaking of uh, All Elite, we go to Dynamite. Opening match was for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. The Young Bucks, Mad Nick Jackson, the champions, defeated Top Flight, Darius Martin and Dante Martin to retain. Next, Orange Cassidy defeated Kip Sabian, who had Penelope Ford in his corner. Puck returned and defeated The Blade, who had The Bunny and The Butcher in his corner. The saving grace of the AEW women's division. The NWA women's division. <laughs> oh, fix your women's division. Um, seriously, though, what can they do? They don't have women, so... I Thunder Rosa because she lost her championship rematch to Serena Deeb. Yep. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, main event tag team match Team Taz, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks Defeated Cody Rhodes And Darby Allen with Arn Anderson In their corner uh, Your thoughts on Dynamite this week The blatantly Obvious for weeks Willie Hob- uh, Will Hobbs heel turn Finally happened So that was cool I actually enjoy him joining Team Taz um, Blatant? What are you talking about? What are you- I really hope you're being sarcastic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm really thankful it was a heel turn in the end. Otherwise, this dude's just been an idiot for a month. <laughs> because he would be so late making the save every week and never actually hit anyone with a chair. So yeah. that, So that was good. I liked that. I loved the Young Bucks versus Top Flight. I thought it was so much fun. Yeah, I'd have to agree there as well. What do you think of Pac's sort of in-ring return here? Um, The dude looked like he hadn't hit the ropes in a bit. Uh, You know how they say, like, if you have too much time off from wrestling and you start hitting the ropes, you get the big marks on your back? Yeah. Like, about a minute into this match, he was just welting up from hitting the ropes. 
So it was like, oh, poor bugger. Just somehow he's still in just ridiculously awesome shape. But yeah, he obviously hasn't had much of a chance to get in the ring. He still still was pretty good. Like for a dude that hadn't wrestled in eight months or whatever, like it's, it's pack. Like he's fantastic. I suppose there's not that many spare wrestling rings in Newcastle upon time, but there's plenty of nightclubs to go out to. Oi, oi. Yeah, I I just like to think that Pac just hangs out with Alan Shearer. Who? Uh, Former Newcastle striker, Alan Shearer. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't know too many celebrities from Newcastle, so I just assume that Pac just hangs out with Alan Shearer, former Newcastle United striker. Ooh. Well, I don't think he'll be going to hang out with Peter Crouch anytime soon. <laughs> no. No. Uh, anyway. Um, women's yeah. match was fantastic, obviously. Yeah, that's... Okay, brief talk on this. Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. They keep highlighting the NWA women, but they're constantly outshining the AEW women. Well, I think I think a bit of that is just a bit of um, them just realizing that the NWA women's title is more over, so let's just focus on that for the time being. I suppose it doesn't really help that you sort of had something big going with your champion, and then NWA took the title off Thunder Rosa. Yeah. It's just really confusing. Like, Serena's signed to AEW, but she's the NWA champion. But when everyone was begging for them to put the AEW title on Thunder Rosa, they didn't because we assumed because Thunder Rosa was signed to the NWA. So, like, it's just a whole, like, contract confusion thing that I don't even understand. Billy Corgan's come out saying Thunder Rosa's signed for another year or two. Uh, yeah, it's 2022, just... I remember you saying. Yeah, 2022, that was it. So, like, what is going on here? Like, I get it that the AEW women's roster would be nothing if they didn't bring in the people they've brought in in the last few months. Like, it, it would be so bad right now. Because the people carrying this division are people they brought in in the last few months. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, indeed. Um... But you also got things like, um, you know, Chris Statlander was on fire for a bit and then she got injured. Um, there's like, you know, you had Britt Baker get injured for so long. Yeah. Uh, Big Swole sort of didn't pick up as much fire as they thought she would. That's because she was paired with Baker while Baker was injured. And then they had that god-awful cinematic match in the dentist office. Yeah, and also, like, Swole just never got over on her. Yeah. Oh, Lever Bates. Oh, yeah, Eva Lee and... Eva Lee. what what happened there? Well, yeah... Yeah, I wonder what happened there. Why did they just? Why is it that Eva Lee, after she was just going into business for herself in a match against their champion, 
Why is it that she's never had a Dynamite singles match since? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, and then you got your other talent like Rio stuck overseas. Suzaki yeah. stuck overseas. Yeah, like you you got some great prospects in the women's division. You got like your Anna Jay, who I think is gonna have a long career, like She's got a lot of potential. You've got um, who else? You got there. Tay Conti, I think, also has a lot of potential. Um, Jade Cargill, even though, like, yeah, maybe don't let her work on the mic too often. But she's got a physical charisma that no woman on that roster has at the moment. Um. Yeah, even, like, a Penelope board is fantastic, but they've just got a lot of, like, works in progress. They don't have anyone that can be a featured star right now. And I would say that even their champion falls into that bracket. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Um, overall, I thought some, uh, bump sideways this week for Dynamite. Uh, I'll give it a thumbs up because I thought there was... Three really good matches, and oh yeah, and congratulations to John Moxley. Oh yes, I saw that tweet that uh, Renee Paquette put out. <laughs> yeah, well, like the way Moxley announces in his promo that he's going to be a dad in the most casual fashion, in the middle of like a heated promo about um, Kenny Omega, it was really great. Um, yeah, on oh, Kenny's the whole contract signing thing was beautiful. I loved it. Is poor old Roderick Strong the only dad not to get over in wrestling saying he's a dad? Yeah, yeah, probably. Oh my god, how did we forget? The inner circle went to Vegas. Probably because I forgot I can't travel anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, Inner Circle in Vegas. Uh, we got a Conan cameo. We got Hornswoggle in there. So, Hornswoggle. I've seen him on Impact, Talking Shopper Mania, and AEW within a week. So, good for him. He's getting some serious paydays somehow. Um, they just did this whole, like, fairly funny, like, hangover sort of parody, basically. But how, how on earth does AEW do a hangover parody featuring Chris Jericho and not even have a reference or a mention of Mike Tyson considering the angle they did earlier this year? And considering that the hangover is what gave Mike Tyson, like, his second wind of relevance in mainstream society. Uh, probably because Tyson's out getting ready for a fight in a week. This yeah, weekend, but like, actually. But why wouldn't they mention him? I don't know. Probably because he said he's not coming back. Uh, yeah. And if he's not coming back, do you want to tease it? That's why you just have, like, someone, like playing the role of Mike Tyson that doesn't look like Mike Tyson. Like, yeah, just have, like, someone... Like, instead of the stupid Elvis impersonator they had following them, they could have just had a Mike Tyson impersonator. 
and like had the tiger and everything could have done the whole thing with the tiger even and that would have been a subtle enough reference to mike tyson because you can't do hang out hangover without mike tyson you can't like do the hangover with chris jericho and not expect us to be a bit disappointed that you don't throw in a mike tyson reference yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, so what do you say? Thumbs up? Thumbs up for me. I thought it was fine. It was it was fun. It was a fun episode. Yeah. I, I'd say it was the better of the two shows from Thursday. Uh, moving forward, Saturday, November the 21st, for WWE SmackDown, opening with a eight-man tag team match, The New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, as well as the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, defeated... Dolph Ziggler, King Corbin, Bobby Root, and Sami Zayn. Next, a Survivor Series qualifying match where Natalia defeated Tamina. A singles match where Murphy, with the Mysterio family in his corner, defeats Seth Rollins. And the main event, a singles match, Daniel Bryan defeats Jey Uso. Your thoughts, Alex? So, uh, admittedly, I only saw the second hour of this show. So... Because of that, I thought it was fantastic because I saw two really good matches. Yeah. Um, Daniel Bryan looks really good with his new haircut, by the way. Eliza walked past and Eliza's always had a crush on Daniel Bryan. She goes, damn, Daniel. Yeah, she was loving it. Fair enough. Um yeah, just the, the opening match of having people who aren't on this brand when it's brand warfare in a match with people from the other brand. It's like, what? To be fair, um, they had Drew McIntyre on SmackDown the week before. They had him on this show as well. Yeah. Uh, it's just... Yeah, they could have just said, like, the... Brand split is out of effect for the build-up to Survivor Series. Go unleash Havoc. Just go nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still don't like where this Murphy Mysterio thing's going. Um, where do you think it's going? Just out of curiosity. Love angle between Murphy, who's like 33, and a 19-year-old Aaliyah. Well, they've already done the love angle. <laughs> well, that's further yeah, they've, they've already the made angle. out and said they love each other. Um, yeah, the argument is it's just an angle, so don't worry about the age difference. Like, that's the argument I've seen online, but I kind of can't forget <laughs> about the age difference. And it's just like, okay, but if you're watching a TV show and seeing, like, someone in their mid-30s hook up with a, you know, like, you're going to be thinking about it. You're going to be thinking that's a bit weird. So that's why I was really hopeful for this angle, that maybe they just wouldn't go the full romantic route. But they did. I think, like, only good things can happen for Murphy out of this. I don't know where this, like, what this does for Dominic or Ray. 
you mean only good things can happen from here because it still has a long way to go down. Like, I, I think this can really build Murphy and, like, either he comes out of this as a scumbag heel that just used and, like, used a layer and then got rid of her, or he comes out like a genuine heartthrob or something like that, and that'll be good. Like, I... Th- I can't see how this wouldn't work out well for Murphy, but like this just makes Dominic and Ray just seem like petty, like idiots half the time. Yeah, probably because they are. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love the Daniel Bryan Jay Uso stuff. I love that. Yeah, I'm not going to argue there. Um, second half of of the show was a lot stronger than the first half, so well done for sleeping in, kind sir. <laughs> Fun yeah. sideways for me. Yeah, so I, I've I've given it thumbs in the middle just because I really did love the second hour that I watched, but I can't just give it thumbs up for one hour of the show. So I'll just be fair, give it thumbs in the middle. Oh, let's boy. let's talk about the fun stuff. I've been looking forward to talking about this. Monday, November 23rd, 2020. Hey, happy Doctor Who Day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway. Or for for us people living on the New South Vic border, Monday, November 23rd, the day the wall came down. (laughs) Yes, I can now go into Aubrey 10 minutes away without having to go through a border crossing. Hooray. Spending an hour and a half in traffic waiting to get to that border crossing. Hooray! Yeah, Yeah, it's awesome. I'm going to do some shopping. I'm keen. Go to old Lavington five-way intersection, try to get through the traffic. (laughs) Oh, man, the five-ways. Oh, God. All right. A lot of people are confused already, so we should probably stop talking about the bloody Lavy five-ways. Yes. So from talking about something that's the worst of the worst, we're going to talk about something that apparently is the best of the best in WWE Survivor Series. Hey, Alex, let's play a game because it's a Survivor Series. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So I'm going to read out the result, and then you can tell me where these people were before the draft, okay? All right, all right. 15-man pre-show battle royal because we need to fill time. <laughs> yeah, they had nothing else to do, I guess. I don't um, know. Yeah, don't worry about all these people. Um, so, Angel Garza, Apollo Cruz, Cedric Alexander, Chad Gable, Dolph Ziggler, Elias Humberto Carrillo, Jeff Hardy, John Morrison, Kalisto, Murphy, Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, Robert Roode, Shelton Benjamin, and Shinsuke Nakamura as well as the final two being Dominic Mysterio, who was last eliminated by The Miz. Oh, boy. Oh, All right. boy. All right, so Dom was on Raw and Miz was on SmackDown, right? Yeah. Yeah. But now Miz is on Raw and Dominic's on SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, the whole switcheroo. Like, the thing is, with this bloody brand split, they the most recent draft, they have not created any fresh matchups because they pretty much just completely swapped rosters besides the ch- the top guys in each brand. 
like everything almost just completely swapped. So you still have stale matches, stale rosters on each side, just different colors they're attached to. Yeah. Um. Did you watch the pre-show at all? Because I did not. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. Um. I, so I was actually like keen to watch the pre-show because like one of my guilty pleasures in wrestling is just a just a cheeky battle royal. But um, my power went out yesterday because we had a crazy storm and my power was out for like two hours. So I didn't even get to watch everything live, which was annoying. Welcome to my world, brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't even take the dogs out for a walk because it was like hailing. It was, and the wind was just insane. It was crazy yesterday. So... Yeah, it it was a storm had come, just like they promised for next month on the WWE Network. A storm is coming, TLC. What the yeah. what That's the hell terrible. does a, what the hell does a storm have to do with tables, ladders, and chairs? Like, what is it, cloudy with a chance of ladders? <laughs> oh, terrible. At least you've got better taglines. Um, exactly. Uh, going into the pay-per-view itself, kicks off with the traditional Survivor Series men match. Team Raw, AJ, Braun Strowman, Keith Lee, Riddle, and Sheamus versus Team SmackDown, Jay Lethal, Kevin Owens, King Corbin, Otis, and Seth Rollins. Uh, Six-minute mark, Seth, uh, Sheamus eliminates Seth Rollins. 12-minute mark, AJ eliminates Kevin Owens. 13-minute mark, Riddle eliminates King Corbin. 16th minute mark, Braun Strowman eliminates Otis. And the final elimination, Keith Lee eliminates Jay Uso in 19 minutes for the winners, Team Raw, AJ, Braun, Keith Lee, Riddle, and Sheamus with no eliminations to their team. Uh, to be fair, that team SmackDown was pretty underwhelming. Like, really underwhelming, and I would have been disappointed if, like, half of those guys pinned any of the guys on Team Raw. Yeah. Well, maybe Sheamus. Sheamus could cop a pin. I wouldn't care. But, like, the other four? Uh, they can't really afford to be pinned right now. Maybe. Oh, man. Like, all these geeks out in their red and blue team shirts. It's like, AJ, you were on SmackDown last month. Braun, you are on SmackDown last month. Keith Lee, well, you've been on Raw for a little while after getting called up. Riddle, you were on SmackDown last month. And Sheamus, you were on SmackDown last month. Yeah. <laughs> and over on SmackDown, Owens was on Raw last month, as was Seth. <laughs> yeah. And At least SmackDown had some people on that had been on SmackDown for more than a year. The, the <laughs> worst part of this is your top two guys on SmackDown, like after the champ coming out of this match, is Jay Uso, who's already challenged, and Otis. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. Um, and if Otis ends up challenging for the bloody title. I'm going to be so furious 
because I thought they took the briefcase off him because they didn't think he was in contention for the title. So they just ended up making him challenge anyway. What was the point in taking the briefcase off of him? Well, either that or you're going to give... I don't think Jay's going to have another shot because he sort of seems aligned with Roman. It has to be Daniel Bryan next, right? Bryan, otherwise you've got Owens here, Corbin here, who's positioned highly, Otis in this match. You, we do not want Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. Wash your mouth out with soap, kind sir. That was just blasphemy. <laughs> yes, blasphemy in the King's Court, you calling him Baron. He is truly a king, not a baron anymore. Oh, watching his matches makes me feel barren half the time. Hey, how <laughs> is old Baron with his stroby lights? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd much rather him, that's for sure. Um, to be honest, this like opening men's match, I'll watch this like after the fact. I skimmed through it just because it was just not worth watching. I already knew the results. I'd already seen it online. I skimmed through it. I watched it. I saw Keith Lee's, like, new music, which I thought was cool. Matt, not Matt Riddle, Riddle. Just the Riddler. Has, yeah. He just has, like, those 3D graphics of flip-flops come across the screen now. It's so gross. You know how, like, when Roman Reigns comes out, they have the big dog on the graphics? With the big dog. In the big dog. Oh, that, like, Oscar has, like, the... Oscar masks. Masks, yeah. Yeah. Riddle's got giant graphics of flip-flops. Hey, I'll tell you this. floating in the arena. It's better than what Randy Orton got last year. Oh, yeah. At WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... (laughs) (sighs) they're bad at drawing snakes we'll just leave it at that (laughs) yeah yeah on the (laughs) pay-per-view is a champion versus champion non-title match the street profits angelo dawkins and montez ford uh they're smackdown champs aren't they yes yes defeated the raw champs the new day Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods. Both these teams were the former champions because Adam Pearce told them to stop fighting and swap play toys. This match meant nothing. I hated it. I skipped it. What? This is like one of the best tag matches I've seen all year. If your champions mean nothing, why should I care? But they don't mean nothing. Like, it's not... If they mean nothing, why didn't they have a match to lose the championships? Why were they just told to hand them over? Why didn't they say, oh, I'm a fighting champion. I wanted to defend this on the other brand and on this brand in the same week. Because they can't, because they just got contracted to a different brand. Oh, we've seen people before be that champion and defend it up until Survivor Series. Name one. It's it's never happened. Last year where there was both... Brock and um, oh, someone on the same show, like both world titles were on the same brand. Yeah, and then Brock quit SmackDown and joined Raw. Yeah, so it has yeah. happened before. Yeah, 
No. No, because it, it hasn't happened because he wasn't holding, like, a Raw-branded title and defending it on SmackDown. You're not just going to have the red belts defended on the blue brand and the blue belts defended on the red brand. Like, what what else can you do? You kind of got to do what they did. Like, it's dumb how they did it. They shouldn't have had them as champs in the first place, but if you're going to do it, this is the only way you can do it. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. Street Profits earned my respect. <laughs> so now they are champions, whereas New Day are just meh. <laughs> yeah. It's just like New Day is legitimately like up there. You're going to scoff at this, but they're going to be up there now for one of the best tag teams in the history of wrestling. No, I agree. I'm just saying yeah. this current reign where they're now raw champs out of nowhere. I just... yeah. Have no interest in this reign at the moment, and and that's that's the thing I hate the most about the whole title swap thing is that the Street Profits were having the longest title reign in the history of those red belts, and they just hand over the titles and then they start a new reign. So they, no one like got over on the Street Profits by ending a history making reign. So that was kind of dumb. And then you got the New Day, one of the greatest tag teams of all time now, get their 10th tag team title reign. 10 title reigns in tag team wrestling. That's, like, really rare. And they get it by playing swapsies backstage. That's my biggest issues with it. But I still think these two teams, like, just on fire at the moment. like. It was awesome. Like, I loved the New Day, like, Gears of War thing that's happening. No, uh, don't you mean Gear 5? Oh, yeah, I forgot. They had branding change because of God of War. Yeah. Um. Just, yeah, it's so silly. But, yeah, I thought... Oh, so it's awesome. the same game? No, Gears so of it's... War is Gears 5, yes. <laughs> The, the, what? What? Really? Yeah, Gears of War is Gears 5, yes. Why, why'd they change? Oh, it was something to do with the act, because then there's that other game called God of War, and they just wanted people to be less confused about the G-O-W. That, that's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, well, you got two, two popular like video game franchises that are called G something of War. It's it's real narrow-minded stuff, but that's the reason why Shane Helms never existed in the WWE and Gregory Helms did, because you can't have two people named Shane in the WWE. It's the same sort of logic here with. Of war. <laughs> um, yeah, they should have just called it, instead of Gears of War, it should have been Gears of Blood and Guts. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you replace war, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I thought that was a really funny joke, so you're welcome, humans. <laughs> uh, I, was, I uh... literally jumped up out of my chair to tell that joke because I was really excited about it. Um, yeah, what so about, I thought, 
go on. Yeah, so I... <laughs> also, where did Big E come from? I thought they broke up. Oh, they're, they're still buddies. They're still buddies. I, I would be annoyed if they didn't, like, hang out together at pay-per-views because they didn't have the proper breakup. I think it's just a little bit of continuity, to be fair. Oh, man. Um, moving on to the next match. Another champion versus champion non-title match. Bobby Lashley, the US champion representing Raw with Hurt Business in his corner, Cedric Alexander, MVP, and Sheldon Benjamin, uh, defeating the IC champion, Sami Zayn, representing SmackDown. A rare match where both men were on their respective brands before Survivor Series and before the draft. Oh, there you go. I'm still disappointed we didn't get the return of Bobby Lashley's sisters for this feud. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of his sisters just got signed to the to AEW, actually. Max Caster of um, the Acclaimed, I believe, is the name of the tag team. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was one of the sisters. Good for him. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> what's it the worst? Be any worse. What's the worst trio segment in wrestling history? Bobby Lashley's sisters or the old day? Oh man! But like the thing is, I genuinely feel like they thought the Bobby Lashley sisters thing was going to be good, but the old day thing, I don't think they thought was going to be good. But new day made it somewhat enjoyable. <laughs> Exactly. Like the the new day can literally get anything over. Pancakes. Like, uh, yeah, like just the dumbest stuff. Like they somehow got the WWE, a PG company, to make cereal branded after their half their half baked butthole jokes. <laughs> like bootios, come on. Like like how do they they're just geniuses. Sami Zayn's fantastic, but not at that point. That whole sisters thing was just... Oh. Although the electric, se- electric chair segment with Sami Zayn might have even been worse at that point. Remember that one? Oh, Corey Graves. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't had a talk show since. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, do you remember... Sammy was supposed to go and fight in the Saudi Arabia show, and you remember his excuse why he didn't go? Yeah, they played off of that in this match. <laughs> that he got vertigo from the delayed vertical suplex. Yeah, and then in this match from Survivor Series, Bobby Lashley puts him up for the suplex, and then after the suplex, like, Sammy Zayn, like, pulls the referee, and he's like, I got vertigo, I got vertigo, and then, like, tries to possum his way into a roll-up win i thought it was just like the oddest like a most amazing callback because it was something i didn't even realize i'd remembered (laughs) um yeah i thought it was a fun match Um, yeah like i I get the impression that Sami Zayn might not be able to go like he used to anymore so he's overcompensating with character stuff that's just a theory because this dude's had like so many shoulder surgeries at this point that I'm starting to think he might be a little bit beat up over his lengthy career that maybe 
Yeah, he's got to slow it down a bit so he's focusing more on character stuff and quite frankly, I think he's fantastic at it. The new match I want to see is El Gener- No, yeah, definitely Sami Zayn versus Toro Yano in a G1. Oh. oh, yeah. I was just about to say that like Sami Zayn's become the Toro Yano of WWE. Like the way he tries to steal matches and stuff like that like a couple of weeks ago with Apollo and he tied him up in the apron or like handcuffing Jeff Hardy's like ear gauge to a ladder like yeah it's sort of Toriyanu stuff yeah absolutely uh from there next champion versus champion match was Asuka the Raw Women's Champion defeating Sasha Banks the Smackdown Women's Champion um in my opinion, I thought this was match of the night. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was paid by numbers boring crap. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've said it before. I find it impossible to like Sasha Banks. I, I don't know what it is. She just comes off so disingenuous. She comes across so heelish when she's meant to be a baby face. Um, this match, uh, it wasn't that boring. It wasn't as bad as I said it was, but it was it was okay. But it's nothing memorable for me, to be honest. And I get it. Sasha's like a bigger commodity right now for their TV time and all that sort of stuff. But I think somehow Asuka needed this win a lot more than Sasha did right now. Yeah, she doesn't really have much to do on Raw, does she? She's just she's just a afterthought on Raw. Yeah. She's uh, she's taken a back seat to Lana. Like, come on. Lana Day. It's gonna happen. Oh, I'm positive. By the way, I forgot to mention earlier, I watched WWE Chronicle following Lana. And it made me, like, the biggest Lana fan in the world now. <laughs> they did a chronicle on Lana? Really? Yeah, it's really good. You gotta... Jeez, the... she talks about, you know, like, now she doesn't have her husband with her and her mental health and, like, she gets bullied online all the time by people just telling her, like, you're, you're the one that should have got fired, not your husband and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's really deep. It's worth checking out. Oh, okay. Um, from there, speaking of the app formation, Lana, we go to the traditional Survivor Series women's match where Team Raw, Lacey Evans, Lana, Nia Jax, Peyton Royce, and Shayna Baszler defeat Team SmackDown, Bailey, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Natalia, and Ruby Wright. Uh, Peyton first eliminates Bailey at the nine-minute mark. Then Natalia eliminates Peyton Royce at the 11-minute mark. Lacey Evans eliminates Natalia at the 12-minute mark. Shayna Baszler eliminates Ruby Wright to, at the 17th-minute mark before Liv Morgan eliminates Lacey Evans at the 18th-minute mark. Nia Jax eliminates Liv Morgan at the 19th-minute mark as Shayna Baszler was disqualified at the 22nd-minute mark. And finally, Bianca Belair and Nia Jax were both counted out at the 23rd minute mark, making Lana the sole survivor and winner for Team Raw. 
I loved the way they did this. It's copped so much hate online for it, but I actually enjoyed this. I, I had a feeling they were going to do this where Lana would just like accidentally be the sole survivor. But yeah, I think it was pulled off well. I think the biggest shock of this whole thing was Peyton Royce pinning Bailey. Yeah. Yeah, I did yeah. not expect that. I thought she might have pinned Ruby or Natty or Bianca. I didn't honestly, expect her to pin I, Bailey. I was honestly expecting Peyton to be first eliminated. <laughs> I love Oh Peyton. yeah, that's an, that's another thing. She went she pins Bailey, but Bailey's the first one out. She was champ for what, nearly three hundred days? Yeah, I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to make it like a OMG, like holy crap sort of moment. But, you know, no one will remember it by the end of the night. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, Corey Graves on commentary at one point, Peyton Royce does a move and he just says, like, oh, that was a perfect 10. Bravo, nice. Corey. Yeah. <laughs> Good Corey. More of that. Less yeah, exactly. Creepy stuff. Yes. Yes. Stop creeping um, on Mandy when your missus is on the same brand. No, Mandy's on the other brand now. Um, uh, well, whoever is creeping on these days, it usually swaps between Mandy and someone else. Anyway, so another check here. Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Natalia, and Ruby Wright were all on Team SmackDown, but were on Raw two months ago. <laughs> yep. And um, uh, Bailey wasn't, right? Bailey, no. And champ for nearly a year at that point yeah. when she lost. Um, whereas on Team Raw, you had, I think Lacey was the only one on SmackDown before the draft this year. Yeah, yeah, Lacey. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> good it's work. obvious which division they thought was down the gargler last year. By the people they've added to it. Well, I wouldn't say necessarily. I'd say because the champion was so dominant over there for so long, you need to refresh the entire division. Exactly. I wouldn't say uh, it's down the gargler. <laughs> oh. Name one feud from last year. Other than Sasha and Bailey? That wasn't a feud last year. They were a tag. See, that's my point. You can't think of one in like a minute. Bailey and Lacey? I'm sure they had one, I guess. Oh, yeah, there was the thing involving Lacey's kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. only one I can think of, and that, that one made a struggle. It made Lacey a pretty sympathetic baby face. It's good to see they followed up with that. You're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm not a fan of Lacey. Anyway. I don't. I don't know why. She just seems like she would be really mean to me if I met her. <laughs> I told you. You nasty. I am nasty. <laughs> uh, co-main event of the evening. A champion versus champion non-title match where Roman Reigns, with Paul Heyman in his corner, the WWE champion, taking on... Wait. Oh, crap. Roman's blue champ, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. See? That's my point. They did change the red belt to the blue belt. 
bastard telling me I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm, get around here. <laughs> yeah, but like Brock's belt wasn't the red or the blue one. Brock's belt was the black one. Ah, uh, doesn't matter. And they never changed the color on that for some reason. They should. It's kind of annoying that one brand has a black belt and the other one has a blue belt. Yeah, well, I'm a green belt. So take that. I'm a yellow belt, orange bar. Our, our sensei, Dave Edwards. Uh, Ooh, we've got one listener. Ask one listener out there. He'll get what I'm referencing. So that's just for you, buddy. <laughs> anyway, uh, Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman, the universal champion with the blue belt, taking on Drew McIntyre, the WWE world heavyweight champion with the black belt. Um, ends in a referee's decision where Drew McIntyre loses? What? <laughs> no, he passed out in the chokehold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just my notes. I thought the referee stopped it. No, it was just like the whole, like, can you respond? Can you respond? No, he's, he's out. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Some, like a submission victory. Yeah, it's a submission. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Um... Yeah, another one of these rare matches where all the participants were on the same brand before the draft. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I thought this was my match of the night. I thought it was good. It's just the points you brought up last week about saying, can you at least get Randy Orton to say Roman's name? Like, this guy wasn't champion when he was challenging Roman, and then all of a sudden, hey, I'm champion again. I'm going to challenge you. Yeah. So the build for me was ass about face where Randy yeah. didn't care. Drew cared. Drew somehow got the belt back. Oh, wow. Mm. Um, don't take it away from the match. Good match. It's just, again, my build, much like the tag match, it's just I have very little care in saying that's announced a week out. My, my only issue with this match, which I've, I complained about it in my wrestling message group is that Drew was wearing black trunks with blue trim for this match when every single other person besides his opponent like went out of their way to match their gear on this night to the colour of the brand they're on. But you got the top champion on Team Red wearing blue trim. Kind of annoying. No, he's just being subservient to the tribal chief. I guess so. Yeah, well, also the annoying thing is the whole build, the whole two-week build to this feud was that Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman constantly saying that Drew McIntyre's number two to Roman Reigns. You're number two to me. You're number two to me. And then Drew loses. So then you've just pretty much confirmed Drew is number two. Yeah, um... So that's the last match. Uh, ends up being four for Raw, three for SmackDown, if you include the kickoff, Battle Raw. I don't remember them sort of making a big deal of this this year. No, they didn't. Even to the point that even, like, if Roman Reigns didn't win, like, it makes no difference, Raw won. Like, heading into the Roman-Drew match, it was like, it was 4-2. So it... <laughs> The Roman Drew match didn't mean anything in terms of the score or whatever. So, yeah. All right. I suppose 
speaking of things that don't matter, did you happen to see any of the 24-7 stuff? Oh, yeah, the gobbledygooker won the 24-7 title and then oh, Kira Tozawa beat him and then R-Truth beat him. Um, all I saw was a problematic tweet. Oh, yes. From uh, the WWE. Seen that on uh, Matthew's Botchamania Facebook. Um, wow. I'm glad I was not watching live at that point. Well, yeah, WWE tweets out pretty much. He beat the, well, what's the last word in the gobbledygooker? And they just said, uh, the gooker something rather. Um, and it has a picture of Akira Tozawa. And then I see a heap of people saying, oh, it's not problematic because uh, the word that's in that word that's problematic is only for Vietnamese people. You people that say that are idiots because I'm half Filipino and I've been called that G word a fair few times in my life just because I'm Filipino. Has nothing to do with what country it's from. It's from what continent, really. So, yeah, I found that just disgusting. And, like, I just knew someone who tweeted that. Like, the WWE social media team must have known what they were going to cop in response. Surely. Yeah. Terrible, terrible tweet. Yeah. Asian um, United, Asian power. Yes. <laughs> um, from there, we go on to the true main event. Undertaker farewell. Hey, payday roll call for the legends. We see Shane McMahon. Boo! <laughs> the big show. Boo. Wait, was he face or heel when he entered? Yeah! Boo! <laughs> cheer! Boo! Cheer! Boo! 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 Indifferent. <laughs> um, we see John Bradshaw Layfield. Boo! Lee! Bully! <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Hardley. Oh my god, what a geek! Oh! Oh, it was so cringe, him coming out with the Undertaker's symbol face-painted on himself. Like, oh, so geekish. Mick Foley. Yeah, we love him. We love him. All right, here's the mark-out moments. Here we go. The Godfather? Yay! Sorry, I was one step ahead of everything. Here we go. The Godfather. (laughs) Uh, Go on. Both members of the Godwins? Yeah! Henry O. Godwin. Phineas I. Godwin. Hog and pig. If you want one way to get me to pop, you just whip your hog out. (laughs) Um, um, It would have been nice for them to sort of just have Henry O. Godwin come out and then Midian come out instead of them just doing the Godwins thing because I, I reckon people would have gone even more nuts online if he came out as Midian. Oh, that's Midian? <laughs> yeah, Phineas I. Godwin is Midian. Old big green T-shirt, third eye, Midian? Yeah, yeah. He, what I noticed on this thing was he comes out and he's got a bald head now, and on the back of his head... 
has a giant tattoo of a third eye. Like this, this brother loved his gimmick, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I, I always knew that Matt Sydal was a big Midian fan. Oh man, um, <laughs> we also see Savio Vega. Oh, big pop! Oh, huge pop! Like, <laughs> what is happening in 2020? This is such a weird year that we're getting like. Savio Vega and the Godwins making full entrances on pay-per-view. <laughs> uh, next was Rikishi. Yeah, yeah, th- this was fun. I just wanted to talk about my two biggest pops of the night, the Godwins and Savio Vega. Like, I just lost it. Like, th- Savio Vega's entrance music was one of those things that I didn't realise I remembered so fondly. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, from there, Big Daddy Cool Kevin Nash. Yeah! We finally got, we got, finally got someone in Kevin Nash that wasn't a Trump supporter coming out here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to ask. Moving on. Booker <laughs> T. Yes. Your champ. Your champ. Shawn Michaels. My champ. My champ. Ric Flair. My former champ. <laughs> oh my god, I popped for this. Kane in full Kane mask. Yeah, who was the one that ribbed him here? Oh yeah, we're all coming out in full gimmick. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> to be that, fair, the Godwins at least came out in their overalls. Is that what him and Flair were laughing about? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I I think it would have been even funnier if he came out in the cane mask and the wig, but in a nice suit. (laughs) That would have been funnier. That would have been great. Oh, he better do that at the Hall of Fame whenever Taker goes in. We need full 90s mask cane with the voice box. (laughs) Yeah, and a matching, Uh, like, red red blazer suit. Like a red suit with a black shirt underneath and a red tie. Guy Ferrari, get in. (laughs) (laughs) If he just pretty much wore like one of Reverend James Mitchell's old suits, it'd be fantastic. Except he might need to get a bigger one. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Then we had a video package with talking heads, including Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, hell yeah. John Cena. And Triple H. Oh, uh, Mark uh, has been a good uh, influence on the business. Uh... <laughs> Before it cuts back to the ring, the 15 legends are gone. It's Vince McMahon, and he throws to The Undertaker. That wasn't Vince McMahon. That was like one of those Madame Tussauds wax statues that had slightly melted in the Florida heat, right? Probably. Because <laughs> that, whatever was going on with his face was just really odd for me. And I have no, normally I don't resort to making fun of people's physical appearances on this podcast, but this is Vince McMahon. He can deal with it. <laughs> he yeah. looked horrible. <laughs> From there, we also went to something that was horrible. New Undertaker music just for this moment. 
my god, my ears, what the hell? It sounded like, yeah, it sounded like they forgot to bring out Edge and Christian for the roll call, so they just had Ed, Edge and Christian play the kazoo for the Undertaker's theme. Can I just ask, like, because I music up, did you have your earphones in for this? No, nah, I was watching it on my iPad with the headphones off, thank God. But, yeah, that was horrible. Well, smart man, because I did that and I paused it and went and got a beer and came back about 20 minutes later playing it through the TV. Inventions. You, you never... Uh, no, you should have uh, left it unpaused, let it play, and you come back 20 minutes later and then take out still hasn't made it to the ring yet. Uh, if I... Oh my god! Like, yeah, let's get to the get to the maiden potatoes of this. Uh, comes down to the ring, pretty much says he's laid rest to many souls in the ring, but now it's time for the Undertaker to rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. Spooky organ, thunderclap, does the pose. And all of a sudden, we hit... Oh, yes! Yes, uh, 3D ghost Paul Bearer on the apron with the urn. That was cool. My Undertaker! Um, yeah, it was the only awesome moment of this whole thing. <laughs> it was uh-huh. the only good thing. Oh, besides the Godwins and Savio Vega. Because <laughs> I can't... Me- I cannot tell you how happy I was to have my hog out there. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Um, this segment went for, like, nearly 35 minutes. Did it need to go for that long? <laughs> Did half of this stuff need to happen? <laughs> like, like, why did we have, like... 10, 15 minutes of just, like, old guy walking to the <laughs> ring of, like, all these legends. And then we see a video package cut back to the arena and they all disappeared. I assume they just got, like, the lights went out and the Undertaker teleported them to Death Valley to have a bloody Margot rally or something. But... <laughs> teleported them back to the hotel bar later that night. <laughs> yeah. Well, you... Uh, all weekend, I'd seen, like, photos online from the night before this. Like, oh, not all weekend, but all, all like, uh, Sunday night and Monday morning for us, I saw photos of, like, all these guys, like, all hanging out at the hotel, like, having drinks. Like, it was obvious that all these guys got flown out there because the Undertaker wanted to catch up with them and celebrate with them. But what was the point in them being in the ring? Like... <laughs> Like, when people think of The Undertaker, like, half of these guys are not people that are going to come to mind. What, you like, mean the Bone Street crew? <laughs> like, I, I, just because I'm a massive wrestling nerd, I thought the whole Bone Street crew reunion thing was pretty cool. I thought that was awesome. But I get that not many people are going to get that. <laughs> so people are just like, what the hell is a Godwin? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Savio Vega, isn't that that guy that had that shitty faction that lost all the time and that one member had, like, really furry shoulders? 
Oh, um, um, Disciples of Apocalypse. No, no, that's um, that's Crusher's crew, Brian Adams. <laughs> oh, uh, one half Vegas? of Chronic, the tag team. It's not lost <laughs> for requis, is it? It sure is. Good work. I didn't <laughs> think you would get that. I thought he was also in uh, the biker gang. Nah, um, he was in Nation of Domination with Crush. Okay, that's where I'm getting they, mixed up. They both got kicked out by Farouk, so they got angry about it, so they started their own gangs. Crush started a biker gang. Salvio had lost Bariquas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to oh. start my own gang with Blackjack. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> um, yeah, so who is the Bone Street crew? Godfather, the Godwins, yep. Yep. Vega. Pretty much the least over people in this crew. Rikishi? Uh, yeah. And Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, and then you've got a couple of posthumous members as well. The most notables obviously being um, uh, Paul Bearer, obviously, and then Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so it was... Pretty much a whole gang of people that used to hang out backstage that got sick of uh, the clicks nonsense, to say the least. Yeah. Speaking of yeah. the click, why is Kevin Nash and Shawn Michaels ringside for this? Uh, like, Kevin Nash has talked about it all the time that he's pretty close with Undertaker and that and Undertaker said before that they member of the clique he liked at one point in time was Kevin Nash, so I guess that was it. Um, the short thing Taylor talked about on the Broken Skull Sessions, he used to hate them, but when Sean came back for his second run in O2, Taker became good friends with him. Fair enough. Um, the Booker T thing was just confusing. Oh, I don't know. I guess they're both Texas boys. Jeff Hardy. Uh, they had a great feud. <laughs> they had that really good match on Raw in like O2 or something. Friend of the show, Warwick Thompson, probably his favorite match ever. Uh, <laughs> Kane makes sense. McFoley makes sense. Ric Flair? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Broken Skull Sessions of Steve Austin. He has a story about how Ric Flair believes that um, Thundertaker is the one that convinced him that he's not crap anymore and he can still wrestle in O2. Ah. Yeah. I wish he had that same talk in O9. I wish someone gave Undertaker that, the opposite of that talk like five years ago. (laughs) Like, you're fantastic, Taker, but you need to hang it up, man. Yeah. Uh, Bradshaw, I guess the connection there. Yeah, Texas through Boys, Ministry of Darkness. Oh yeah, of course, of course, yeah. We had a, a mini like Ministry of Darkness reunion here. Midian, yeah. Midian Taker and uh, Kane McMahon. <laughs> oh yeah, corporate ministry, full corporate ministry, best ministry. <laughs> they had such a banger theme, like the Undertaker music with like no chance in hell over the top of it so good (laughs) um i suppose the final one is big show 
Yeah, well, um, Taker, just after the corporate ministry shut down, shut down like it was a legit like corporation, um, after the corporate ministry went away, he was teaming up with uh, Big Show for a bit with Paul Bearer. Ah. Was like, and, like, there's that really horrible promo that Taker cut once about how Paul Bearer drove their... Uh, no, Big Show and Taker drove their motorbikes out to the desert and they only left enough petrol in the fuel tank of Big Show's motorcycle for him to get to the desert but not come back. So he had to walk all his way back home. And they come out back to the desert a few days later and Big Show's built a little hut in the desert and he's wearing like... He's wearing like snakeskin, a snakeskin coat that he made out of the carcasses of multiple dead snakes from the desert. <laughs> it was just like the weird, the weirdest promo ever, worth checking out. And then like Chris Jericho in his second ever appearance comes out and interrupts him and like does this whole speech about like, like how the Undertaker. It's no wonder the WCW's kicking WWF's ass in the ratings, which obviously they weren't at that time, because the Undertaker's make forcing everyone to change the channel with his boring ass promos. <laughs> oh man, um, it was fun, but my god, did it go on for too long? I like. I honestly don't even know if it was fun, like. The Paul Bearer thing choked me up a little. Like, I thought that was pretty cool. That was nice. That was really well done. The music video was fantastic. Uh, Vince's words were even great. I just didn't like his face. Keep that thing (laughs) away from me. You know, this is the same guy that thing away from me. (laughs) Yeah, like, like, this is the same guy that used to refuse to put Jim Ross on TV because his face was bad. Who looks better in 2020? Honestly, I'd rather look at Jim Ross, right? Come on, this dude looked like a oh, melted wax statue. Oh, man. Um, a melted wheelie bin. <laughs> my God, this man loves his ACDC. Why was I Shot don't. in the Dark the theme song? Is that one of the ACDC songs off their album that just came out? Yeah, it's Must off their newest album. Yeah. Oh, Vince McMahon, notorious Akadaka fan. I guess wanted to do something with them, help them promote their new album. I don't know. You have to pick something, I guess. And I'd rather them pick a rock song than a generic hip-hop thing. That, yeah. Yeah. Like, when they went through that phase of having, like, Flowrider all those years ago... <sighs> yeah. Um Undertaker's had more farewells than John Farnham at this point. See you next WrestleMania, dead man. I really hope that this was it for the character of the Undertaker. Oh I forgot to say I was just like cut a promo in Yeah, like I was really annoyed that Taker's promo was done in full gimmick and like he's just doing his full spooky Taker voice and like doesn't 
Like, it would have been nice if he did a little bit of his gimmick then said some, like, genuine, like, oh, I love the fans or, like, thank you, fans, for your support. Thank you to everyone for everything this week and now it's time. And that, then he just goes back into gimmick, does the rest in peace thing and buggers off. That would have been good. But him just speaking in character the whole time just felt really tacky to me. Yeah, fair enough. Um, overall, I gave Survivor Series a thumb down. I thought Taker thing was fun in hindsight, and a few of the matches were good, but the overall gimmick of brand versus brand when most of people swapped last month was meaningless. Big thumbs down, buddy. Fair enough. Uh, Tuesday, November 24, 2020, Ring of Honor Wrestling number 479 starts off with a pure rules match. Uh, LSG versus Jay Lethal goes to the 15-minute time limit. The judges score 2-1 to one in favour of Jay Lethal. Really good opening match. Uh, secondly was a singles match. Matt Taven defeated Bateman in 9.33. Did you watch this week, Alex? I did not, unfortunately. Yeah, just Ring of Honours, like, the time they drop their episodes just really doesn't lend well to my schedule. So, and plus the fact that I'm not that motivated to watch it as well. Ah, fair enough then. Um, well, this might have motivated you, the closing angle. Post-match, Bateman attacks Taven. Vincent comes down to also attack Taven. Vincent pulls a dart out of his pocket and goes to throw it at Taven as the lights go out and a video begins to play, which leads to the shocking return of Mike Bennett. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I might have to check that one out. How'd that angle come across? Really good. I thought it played out really well, and it sort of sets up the um the two opposing duos for a possible match either on TV or Final Battle itself coming up in December. Nah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and check that out then. Anything else happened between the matches? Anything notable? Nah, still nothing really. It's just sort of building up TV by TV. Yeah. Anywho, thumbs up for Ring of Honor this week. I'll take your word for it. Oh, man. Uh, Closing show for the rap, WWE Raw. Oh, God. (laughs) Opening Opening... Raw Tag Team Championship match. The New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Wood, the champions, versus the Hurt Business, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander with MVP ringside, ended in a double countout, which leads to an immediate rematch for the Raw Tag Team Championships, where the New Day with Kofi Kingston and Xavier Wood's champions defeat the Hurt Business, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, who had MVP by ringside to retain. Uh, a singles match where Matt Riddle defeated Sheamus, a Raw Women's Championship match where Asuka uh, defeated Lana by disqualification when Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler attacked Asuka, which led to a tag team match of Asuka and Lana defeating Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, a singles match where Keith Lee defeated Bobby Lashley that ended in a disqualification when MVP ran in, a singles match where Alexa Bliss defeated Nikki Cross, and in the main event, AJ Styles defeated Randy Orton. So the winners 
AJ Styles, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle move to a triple threat next week where the winner of the triple threat will face Drew Gulak later in the year. Uh, your thoughts today, Alex, on Raw? Uh, who's the winner of the triple threat match taken on? Um, Drew McIntyre at a later date in the year. <laughs> you said Drew Gulak earlier. Maybe it was... Adam Pearce saying a different Drew name that got in my head. Yes. I was so happy. I immediately messaged you about it. And I never do this because I like us to have fairly fresh thoughts and us hear each other's opinions for the first time when we record this. But Adam Pearce said Drew McInfart. And it made me so happy. It was so funny. Like, why did he say that? Because he was saying something about uh, so-and-so will then have a triple threat match and the winner of that will go on to face Drew McIntyre for the title. But instead of saying tire for the title, he got rid of tire and sort of put the first half of four and the first half of title all into one word and just made a Drew McIntyre. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was hilarious. I forgot to mention, at Survivor Series, did you notice that when The Undertaker said, rest in peace, they must have had a button to make the crowd chant along with the word peace. But whoever hit it accidentally hit it twice. So he says, so you just hear the crowd go like, rest in peace, peace. Yeah, I heard that. Um, They got a clean cleaned it out of today's recap video, which almost went for 15 minutes. Oh, it went that long. Uh, Yeah. Well, let me put it this way. I had time, as soon as that started, to grab my wallet, go over the road, grab some soft drinks, come back, sit down, and the main event was just having the entrances. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Fair call. Fair call. Um... Good for you, living close to the shops, though. That's a handy. Sort of. <laughs> um, that's, that would be really deadly if it was me. I'd just be going there all the time. Um, Were yeah, you so, sad today that you didn't see our boy? Uh, which one? Slappy. Where was Slappy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so they beat Team Raw last week. They beat Team Raw in a Survivor Series match, right? Uh, elimination match or whatever it was. Yeah. And then Team Raw completely whitewashes Team SmackDown. <laughs> so technically, Team Retribution is the strongest of all the teams because they beat Team Raw. But they beat... Retribution are nowhere to be seen. Just... They beat... Strowman, Lee, Riddle, and Sheamus. So the only one not in that match was AJ. Oh, well, that makes all the difference. (laughs) He beat the only one. They beat all of the guys that actually have muscle and not the one that doesn't have muscle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, I really, I don't know how you felt about this match, but 
I thought Sheamus and Riddle had a low-key banger of a match. Yeah, it's just everything that's happened with Riddle, I can't really unsee that. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's kind of controversial to even say that he had a good match now, but yeah, technically everything he did was was like really well done. I thought Sheamus looked really good in that match. Um, I really thought the Firefly Funhouse thing was hilarious with um Friendship the Frog. Oh yes, <laughs> like they just introduce this new character, it immediately gets killed, and then they cut to this like emotional farewell tribute music montage for him that goes for pretty much longer than the entire time we saw him on camera. <laughs> it was so funny. That's it was good. You know, that's how you know they're a good character. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was definitely the best uh, goodbye music montage we got this episode of Raw. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, uh this, like, apart from the triple threat going towards Drew, I felt this Raw achieved nothing. Your first, pretty much your first 45 minutes were yeah. a tag team match that ended in a double count out. So you said, oh, let's restart for the titles again. The Oscar Lana match was, like, I would have been fine with a squash of Lana and we can move on, but no. We're going to have Lana team with Asuka now against the tag champs. So it's two impromptu tag teams in a division that's supposed to be formed on tag teams. Yeah, and... um, MVP running in to save Lashley against Keith Lee. No, that was silly. Although I'm really excited about a possible lengthy feud between Lashley and Lee. I think that could be fantastic. Against, um, I mean, for the uh, US title. Yeah, I think that's a good direction to go. Um, uh, it looks like we might be going to Riddle for the US title. They've set something up with, like, backstage with Riddle and MVP, which was really just... It was what it was, yeah. Did he steal a gallon of milk, no questions asked? Yeah, something like that. Oh, man. Um... Yeah, thumbs down to all. Um, enjoyed Firefly Funhouse. Enjoyed the Alexa Bliss match where Nikki was just yeah. a stupid idiot. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Nikki was just an idiot. I'm, I really enjoy everything involving uh, the Fiend with Alexa Bliss or Bray Wyatt with Alexa Bliss. Um, it's just... When the fiend isn't with Alexa Bliss, it can be somewhat. Oh God, here we go, another Bray Wyatt Randy Orton feud. We're gonna have maggots on the mat. Nobody wants that, do they? Well, that's where we're going. Like from what the about... end, that's what they teased at the end of Raw. Like Bray Wyatt coming out and playing lights on, lights off, hide and seek with Randy Orton. Like, what that's what we got. In your wrestling group, do they want that? Doubt it. To be honest, they don't really talk about WWE that much. Oh, what's the main there's, one they talk on? AEW, 
would be the number one point. Um, not many. There was like barely any mention of Survivor Series yesterday, so that's not a good sign. Um, like, there's more chat about Talking Shop and Mania than like The Fiend or stuff like that. Uh, fair enough. Um, yeah, thumbs down for me. What do you say? Uh, thumbs in the middle because I actually enjoyed some of the matches on this episode of Raw. Like, yeah, uh, I th- I thought um, I think the build for this like they're obviously gonna do Lana's gonna win the tag titles with Oscar. They're gonna beat Nia and Shayna in a tag team tables match at tables, ladders, and chairs. Please don't. Please yep. don't. It's happening. It's happening. Calling it. Oh man. Um. From there, TV champ of the week. Where do you go, my friend? Oh god, I'm half half tempted to give some praise to to the Godwin's hog. <laughs> um, oh, I need to think about these more often. But you, you want know me what? to go? Yeah, you I'm go first. Yeah, you go first. I'm surprised you even need to ask where I'm going, but I'm going to Ring of Honor. Oh, of course. Madison Square Taven. <laughs> no, you'll love this because Vincent brought it up in his promo post match. What? Yeah, he brought up about Madison Square Taven saying it should have been your time to shine at Madison Square Garden. It should have been all our time to shine, not Madison Square Taven. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, God. Um, uh, let's give my TV champion this week. Savio Vega. Savio Vega. <laughs> oh, you, you ruined it. You ruined it. Oh, what about how, how Vince, like, announced The Undertaker? He goes, The Undertaker. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, I'm going to give it to... Yep. Uh, just because of what you picked, my TV champion this week is Lana. Because I really enjoyed her chronicle. Yeah. Sad this week. No. I am the table. No. Um, yeah, so I'm rewarding her for not falling for the table trick <laughs> again. Uh, the, the streak is over. Oh. Sad. Yeah, I, I thought they would keep it going. I thought she was definitely going to go through one at Survivor Series. Yeah. Um, from there, upcoming pay-per-views for the month of December is December the 6th. We'll see WWE NXT TakeOver 32, or as it's now titled, War Games. I don't know what that was. We're going to play some games, Daddy. We're going to play some games and have a little war with some plunder, if you will, Daddy. (laughs) Yeah, it's the old mastermind behind the match itself. Exactly, baby. You know how it is. I'm the most influential man in sports entertainment today, if you will. Uh, That impression started getting really bad there in the middle. (laughs) Self-awareness is the key to life, all right? (laughs) And fun. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 
December 20th, we'll see WWE tables, ladders, and chairs, or as its tagline is, what's it called now? Oh, a storm is coming or something. That's what it said on the in the ad. So Terrible. a storm. <laughs> storm. <laughs> uh, December also sees the Impact Plus special of Final Resolution, date to be confirmed, and as well, Ring of Honor have announced Final Battle. Uh, it's just unclear if it's taking place in December or January this year. So, Alex, my friend, do you have time for our block? Yes, but before we do that, a storm is coming, right? What if this is the debut of the Dream Faction? Ooh. Tony, <laughs> Tim, James, and Lance. <laughs> Tony, Tim, James, James and, and Lance. Lance. The Storm family. Who is Tim? Tim Storm from the NWA. Oh, NWA the... champ before old Brutus or Magnus old... was champ, yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's a few others I could scour the, scour the internet to find more Storms, but... Oh, Davis, yeah, give Davis a run. Oh, my God, I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah, give Davis a run, of course. I'm going to watch that later tonight now. Davis and Suzuki. Yeah, do it. But I suppose, speaking of New Japan, do you have time for our block? I do, I do. Admittedly, I haven't watched anything yet, okay? Oh, that's fair enough. You've still got your picks in. That's all that counts. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, as mentioned on last week's wrap, Yoshinobu Katamaru has been injured and is replaced for the rest of the tournament by young line Yuya Yiramura. Alex and myself have agreed to leave our picks as such. So if we have chosen Yoshinobu Katamaru, that is now Yuya Yuramura. Uh, yeah, quick recap. So I think that screwed us over a lot, right? <laughs> oh, time will tell. But a quick update on the leaderboard. Alex was on 78. I was on 69. Uh, my night one beer rankings, I gave two to Master Watto defeating Yuya Yuramura. Three and a half to Robbie Eagles defeating Doki. Three to show defeating Bushi. Three to Rusuke, Ryusuke Taguchi defeating El Desperado. And four and a half to Hiromu Takahashi defeating Taiji Ishimori. Um, now, night two of the tour was a world tag league. Um, so we go through to night three, which is the best of the Super Juniors night, November the 18th, 2020. Opening match sees Bushi defeating Yuya Yuramura. Bushi on two, Yuramura on zero. Alex had chosen Bushi. I had chosen Katamaru. Uh, Katamaru, now Yuramura. Um, Alex moves to three. I moved to two. I gave this 2.50. Uh, match number two for night. Master Watto on four defeated Robbie Eagles on two. Alex chose Watto. I chose Robbie. Alex moves to four. I stay on two. I gave this three. Next was Show on four defeats Doki on zero. Alex had chosen show. He moves to five. I chose show. I moved to three. I gave this 3.25. Co-main event of Taiji Ishimori on two, defeating Ryusuke Taguchi on two. Alex chose Taiji. He moves to six. I chose Taguchi. I stay on three. I gave this three. And then in the main event, El Desperado on two, defeated Hiromu Takahashi also on two. Alex chose Desperado. He moves to seven. I chose Hiromu. 
I stay on three. I gave this 4.50. Awesome. Uh, next was a, uh, sorry, night four was a World Tag League night from November the 19th. We go down to night five, Wednesday, November the 20th, 2020. Um, Al Desperado on four defeated Yuya Yuramora on zero. Alex chose Desperado. He goes to eight. I chose Yuramora. I stay on three. I gave this three. Next was Taiji Ishimori on four defeats Doki on zero. Alex chose Chot. Alex chose Taiji, he goes to nine. I chose Taiji as well, I go to four. I gave this three. Ryusuke Taguchi on four, defeated Master Watto on four. Alex chose Watto, he moves to nine. Oh, hang on. I stay on nine, I guess. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Alex stays on nine. Alex chose Watto, he stays on nine. I chose Taguchi, I moved to five. I gave this a 2.50. Co-main event, Robbie Eagles on four defeats Show on four. Alex chose Robbie, he goes to ten. I chose Show, I stay on five, I gave this a four. Main event of the evening, Hiromu Takahashi on four defeats Bushi on two. Alex chose Hiromu, he moves to eleven. I also chose Hiromu, I moved to six, I gave this 3.75. Night six was a World Tag League night from November the... November the... Oh, I didn't update the goddamn dates. November the 22nd. So we go through to Monday, November the 23rd, 2020, for Best of the Super Juniors, night seven of the tournament. Opening match, Taiji Ishimori on six, defeated Yuga Yuramori on zero. Alex chose Taiji, he goes to 12. I chose Taiji, I go to seven, I gave this 3.25. Bushi on four, defeated Robbie Eagles on four. Alex chose Robbie, he stays on 12. I also chose Robbie, I stay on seven. I gave it 3.25. Hiromu Takahashi on 6 defeated Doki on 0. Alex chose Hiromu. He moves to 13. I chose Hiromu. I moved to 8. I gave this 3.50. Co-main event of the evening. Sho on 6 defeated Ryusuke Taguchi on 4. Alex chose Sho. He goes to 14. I chose Sho. I go to 9. I gave this 3. Main event of the evening. Master Watto on 6 defeats El Desperado on 4. Alex had chosen Master Watto. He moves to 15. I chose El Desperado. I stay on 9. I gave this 3. I am doing well. <laughs> but what? at what price does that come? Well, Ooh. it comes at the price of me choosing Master Watto over Robbie Eagles. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God. Master Watto's still in it. Yeah, so yeah. there's still five block days plus a final, as well as the Super J Cup remaining. Would you like to discuss the leaderboard at this stage? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, so total points. Alex, after New Japan Cup of USA, G1 Climax, and Best of the Super Juniors to this point, you are on 91. I am on 76. You lead oh, by 15, oh, sir. Oh, um, I have to screw it up pretty hard to lose from here, I would assume. Come on, Bradbury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to do a genuine Bradbury here. Um, yes. So, yeah, rest of the um, tiebreaker situations. Three points. Alex, of course, is still leading six to nil. Two points, you're leading six to four, so ahead by two there. 
and one point total 79 to 72. So whilst you've just got me pipped in the one point total, it's those two points in that three point total where you've got me beat. Mate, I'm a tournament player. I can't help it. Like, <laughs> I, I'm like Ishii. Like, like I, I do nothing all year, but when a tournament comes around, I'm going to kill it. <laughs> I suppose, speaking of that, have you heard of if... Uh, have you heard how old Evil and... Um, Evil and um, Ujiro, along with Dick to go are doing in oh. World Tag League? No, no, what's happening there? I have no idea. I haven't had time uh, with the pay-per-view this week. Uh, I saw Tomatonga's got a pretty snazzy new look. Got his new haircut. Clean yeah. shaven, which he's had for a bit, but he's got his hair all chopped off. He somehow looks like 10 years younger. It's really weird. Oh, yeah, that's what I'll look like once I shave my beard off. Do it. <laughs> okay. Once we finish this, I'm going to do it. Actually, I, I want you to do the reverse. I want you to grow out your hair real long and have the Tamatonga beard. So you have to inherit everything that Tamatonga chopped off. Oh, boy. No, thank you. <laughs> okay, then. Yeah, it's, it's already hot enough in Queensland. Recording yeah. this without the aircon going was not a smart decision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh well, I suppose that's it for today. Yeah, so six more days of best of Super Juniors plus the one day of Super J Cup. So seven more days, Alex, until we know for sure who's going to win the first R block. Yeah. Oh man, this is huge. Uh, I've already <laughs> pretty much. I just want to clear clear with you something. If someone has had an official match on television within the past year, they are considered a currently active wrestler, right? Um, hang on one sec. I've got to find my notes for it. Never asks me stuff before. Can you get oh, this up so you can check? <laughs> oh, I, th I thought you might have known off the top of your head. Um, hang on. How do I word it? Oh, no, no, no. It must be this one. Uh, um, I think because this year's been so strange, like I'll let it slide. Like you can't choose, say, someone, I don't know. Like you can't choose, for example, the Rascals who have been on television for 11 months if they're spending one month off television. <laughs> But if you choose someone who was released around WrestleMania time from the WWE, who's pretty much not been on TV since or very long, yeah, I'd allow that. All right, yep. Um, so what's it say? So uh, R-Block prize pack, might as well talk about this now while we're on air. So it includes one, uh, includes one draft of a free agent wrestler or non-wrestler from any of the Hall of Fames listed below. AAA Hall of Fame, which is the Mexican promotion, All Japan Women's Hall of Fame in Japan, uh, the Hardcore Wrestling Hall of Fame, which is from the US, it's basically the ECW Arena, 2300 Arena Hall of Fame, 
the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame, TNA, GFW, Ampermel, Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. <laughs> the Impressive Gaijin Ranking Wrestler, which is a Nikan Sport Japan list. The NWA Hall of Fame. The New Japan Greatest Wrestlers list, which is uh, sort of their Hall of Fame that they did for a few years. Stampede Wrestling Hall of Fame. The UFC Hall of Fame which includes people like Ronda Rousey, Dan Severin, Ken Shamrock, mm. who've also done wrestling. Like, if you want to draft a George St. Pierre for whatever reason and try to make him a wrestler or someone booked like a Brock, you could. WCW Hall of Fame or the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. Uh, sorry. Also, one draft of a current non-champion from any list below. All Elite Wrestling... Or Japan Pro Wrestling, CMLL of Mexico, Cyber Fight, which includes uh, New Japan. Huh? No, I've never heard of Cyber Fight before. Uh, it's the parent company of Pro Wrestling Noah, DDT Pro Wrestling, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, and Gambe Pro Resu, uh, Dragon Gate of Japan, Impact Wrestling, Insane Championship Wrestling of Europe. Uh, Lucha Libre AAA, Major League Wrestling, National Wrestling Alliance, New Japan Pro Wrestling, including New Japan of America, Over the Top Wrestling of Europe, Progress Wrestling of Europe, Pro Wrestling Eve, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, Revolution Pro Wrestling, Ring of Honor Wrestling, Shimmer Wrestling Athletes, including Shine or Rise Wrestling, Westside Extreme Wrestling of Germany, uh, Stardom Wrestling of Japan and the WWE, including NXT and NXT UK. Also, two special advantage cards, good for 12 calendar months. One save card, good for any leave disadvantage drawn against you. And one block card, good for any disadvantage drawn against you. Of course, if you get a wellness violation, those cards do not work. Mm. Or you can take the option B advantage. One Legends pick of a free agent wrestler, non-wrestler from outside the list below, and one Rising Star pick of a current wrestler or non-wrestler from inside the list below. So you're choosing someone from outside these companies and then someone from inside these companies. So like one Legend, one uh, Rising Star who's a non-champion. Yeah, and you can pick tag teams, right, with one pick. Yeah. Yeah, as long as they have to be part of the same promotion, right? Unless they're a legend. Yeah, like there's two particular brothers in very separate promotions right now, right? That are very infamous for teaming with each other. And I have the Dudleys. I have the Dudleys and Edge, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I, I could try to grab them with one pick, right, from the current guys? Um, as long as as long as long they're not champions at that point, yeah? Yeah. So, Same with any other, like, r- lengthy tag teams that are in opposite companies but have at least competed at some point in the past year. Yeah. I'll, and I'll, not champions. Yeah. I, I think 
when I make my picks, I might have to go over it with you because <laughs> I'm obviously trying to figure out ways where I can get as many people with my picks as possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the companies are All Elite Wrestling, All Japan Pro Wrestling, CMLL, Cyberfight, again, that includes Pro Wrestling Noah, DDT, Tokyo Joshi Pro, or Gumbay Pro Wrestling, Dragon Gate, Impact Wrestling, Insane Championship Wrestling, AAA, MLW, NWA, New Japan Pro Wrestling, OTT, Progress, Pro Wrestling Eve, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, Rev Pro, Ring of Honor, Shimmer, including Shine and Rise, uh, WXW, Stardom, and WWE. Uh, you also get one force trade advantage. You pick, you pick both your trade choice and your rival's trade choice in a force like-for-like -like trade, meaning if you want a women's wrestler from your rival, you must trade a women's from your roster. Same for teams, singles, and non-wrestlers. Yep. One pot luck draw advantage slash dis draw advantage or disadvantage. Pick a number between 1 and 16, and Alex will draw it out of his advantage-disadvantage pool. Alex will draw these out one by one, reading out each until he gets to the named number. So, yeah, those are your options there. Of course, if you want to draw um, tag teams, like drafting a well-known wrestling team pet or trio will be allowed from the same Hall of Fame public enemy rule. Yeah. Uh, drafting a champion team pair duo will be allowed if from the same company, e.g. the never six-man rule. Yeah. Uh, drafting a champion team stable faction will be allowed if from the same company, the Suzuki gun Ichiban rule. Okay. Uh, or... So I could draft a full stable. Yeah. Oh. As that rule yeah. for your champion, they all have to be champions in that stable whilst you're drafting them. Ah, okay. okay. So, like, Chaos at the moment, I think, has the Never Six Man, the King of Pro Wrestling. <laughs> don't worry, none of those guys are in danger. Maybe Ishii, but I don't think he's part of the Six Man crew, yeah. is he? Oh, he is six man with um Goto and Yoshihashi. Yeah. So hang on, let's have a look here. Because the Ring of Honor guys don't have any gold in Ring of Honor at the moment. Uh Bullet Club guys don't have any gold in Ring of Honor at the moment. So you could draft LIJ, which would be your heavyweight and IC double champ, Naito, along with the never open weight champ, uh Shingo. Or you could go uh, Suzuki Gun, which would give you the tag team champions, Dangerous Techers, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr., along with the junior heavyweight champions, El Desperado and Yoshinobu Katamaru. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's just a little incentive there if you wanted to do that. Or um, drafting a well-known... What is it? Drafting a champion team, pair or trio will be allowed if from the same... Oh, I just read that one. Damn it, Alex. Um, can I request that when I make my picks, yeah. uh, we keep them a little secret from our good humans? Some of them we will, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I might do the whole write on a piece of paper and show you on video screen. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I can hear your reaction because I think I'm going to 
blow your mind. So yeah, drafting a well-known wrestling team, Pearl Trio will be allowed. This is the chronic rule. Chronic. The tag team. Yeah, excludes drafting current champions. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, I think and it's then all if you fairly, like yeah, and then if on. you wanted to do a forced trade of a champion, you can. E.g. World for World, Women for Women, IC yeah. for US, European for TV, Light Heavyweight for Cruiserweight, that sort of deal. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Right. At the moment, you're in the lead by enough to give you some some thought. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I know what I'm going to do. I think I might keep it fairly simple. Uh, so I, I might not try to bend too many of the rules. I think I might just grab a couple of big name guys. Yeah, because we'll be doing that on the oh, whatever show it is, the, um, the Wrestle Kingdom review. At the end of that, we'll be discussing your picks there. Yeah. So, so theoretically, you... by that point, my R block pick could still debut before my end of the fantasy year show. Yeah, because it only goes on um, actual calendar, not fantasy calendar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Starcade's going to be good. If I win R block, I could be co- getting completely ahead of myself here. <laughs> Should we just have a quick Aussie chat then? <laughs> Since we've already done this. Um, sure, why the hell not? Yeah. <laughs> The announcement of Deathmatch Down Under? Did you see that? Again? Uh, no, like a full-on like promotion that's going to be going forward. Like not a one-off thing, like an actual promotion with multiple guys signed, well, announced for it. Really? Yeah. Um, like some people there that you would expect in the Deathmatch scene, but then there's people you wouldn't. Like a JXT or a Tyson Baxter. Like guys like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Shazza's in on it. Shazza McKenzie. Um, Your girl, Aisha, is in on it. What? Aisha's in there. Yeah. Tyson Baxter. Um, Who else we got? Joel Bateman. Oh, here's some of the matches announced for the first show, which is Saturday, January the 16th. Richie Taylor versus Shazza McKenzie. I'm sorry, did you just say Shazza McKenzie versus Richie Taylor? Yep. Okay. Take my money, right? That's very interesting. It's different. Uh, Joel Bateman versus a guy called Guido. I don't know who that is. No offense, Guido. Just part of a Melbourne scene I'm not familiar with, I guess. Um, yeah, so those are the matches announced. Mad Dog's obviously a part of this. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, of course he is. Uh, yeah. There's um, a lot of people that have been teased for this, so this will be very interesting. Uh, do you know who Sicko Smacks is? Yeah, he was on the uh, one of the two Deathmatch Down Under shows that we talked about. He was on the second one. 
Yeah, that's Casanova right. Yeah. Valentine roared through that beer garden and up on the stage where the band looked angry. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Vixen, obviously a part of this. If you're going to have some females doing uh, death matches, you've got to have Vixen, I guess. Um, okay. Caveman Ugg is announced for it. Oh. Uh, Callan Butcher, do you know him? I think he was the third man in the second okay. uh, death match down under we talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Aisha, Joel Bateman, JXT. I'm just scrolling through their Twitter page to see who else they've announced for it. But Aisha yeah. will be interesting. So That's... will Shazza, because those are two people, like, I don't even recall seeing have, like, that many... Uh, traditional hardcore extreme rules matches. Yeah, like my only thing with Shazza that I remember is her smashing um, the the light sticks, the f- fluorescent lights over Joey Janela at uh, Spring Break a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. But, but that was that's about as hardcore. Just a... Yeah, just one spot. Do you mean hardcore? Yes, yes, I do. Um, honestly, like I, I can kind of see Shazza doing it. The biggest surprise to me is Tyson Baxter. <laughs> I suppose because he's sort of a, a new, newer guy that yeah, he just seen that he, much of him. He seems so clean and wholesome. Like, I guess I don't know. It's just like uh, can't picture him doing his stuff in a death match, but I'm. Um, intrigued by it and to be honest i'm kind of i'm kind of curious to see what a death match a death match with jxt would look like yeah um so i assume this is going to be very uh what do you call it uh czw where it's mostly death matches on the card or variants thereof yeah, like, there are announced death matches for that card, but the Richie Taylor, Shazza McKenzie thing isn't specifically mentioned as a death match. So it might be more like a GCW, I guess, where, like, they go to that extreme, but not every match goes to that extreme. Hmm. Okay. I guess we'll yeah. see. See yeah. how it goes when it happens. Yeah, because if because I honestly just want Richie Taylor and Shazza McKenzie to just have a banger like singles match, because I think that would be fantastic. But yeah, um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm I'm very intrigued. It's I'll, awesome. I'll... It's awesome to hear of a new promotion popping up. I'll give them a a look and see what happens in January. Hopefully, they're going to have some VOD. Uh, I'm honestly contemplating going to it. You son of a... Um, yeah. Like I said in the past, this whole pandemic's made me rethink about those times I've been like, should I go to this show? Nowadays, if I get that question in my head, I have to... Because you never know when the shows are going to get taken away again. Yeah, I can't get time off until January. Uh, 
February, so you have fun with that. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see if if I get permission from my higher ups in this house to go. Yes, the uh, all powerful minister of finance. Yeah, um, <laughs> the higher power, if you will. It was me, Alex. It was me all along. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. Ah, uh, well, uh, where can the good humans find you, my friend? At Fruity is Alex on uh, Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS. Search us up on Facebook. Search up Wrestling Ozstyle. That is an AUS for Oz. And where can the good humans find you, kind sir? Yeah, on Twitter at I am Chris Bunder as well. You can listen back to the entire Wrestling All-Star archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Nothing left to say but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. Seriously, I popped so hard when they whipped out their hog. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible, oh. man.